0: look around you there's so much work to do this world is in no condition for us to simply sit back and watch there is a tangible desperate need for Jesus a glimpse of hope in the midst of hopelessness Jesus experienced this. He saw it firsthand. The need broke his heart and filled him with compassion. He turned to his disciples and said, The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. This alone should stir our hearts. It's a calling. A calling to make a difference to share the truth of the gospel to be a light in the darkness to be the church it's time for us to look beyond ourselves to turn our focus to the field to answer the call and passionately share the love of Jesus this is our mandate this is our mission Are you ready to do the work?
1: Well, good morning and welcome, Radiant Church, to our service this morning. A while back, I had to go to the store, and I really don't like going to the store. But I needed to be done, and I figured at least I was going to one of my favorite stores, the Ankeny High V, which I used to work for for four years ringing up uh, groceries. And it was an especially busy time of day. And I was about two or three people deep in the self-checkout line waiting my term. And there I was holding all of my items because grabbing a cart is for suckers, obviously. And after waiting a, a long time, the person in front of me finally began scanning their groceries and I was next in line. However, any feelings of relief that I had quickly went away as the lady in front of me began, shall I say, to struggle. Right? Every item she attempted to scan, it was almost as if the barcode on the item was playing hide-and-seek or something. Okay, Like, we're talking slow, item after item after item. And by this point, I had already been waiting in line probably, and I'm not even exaggerating, probably three or four minutes. I know, I know. Yeah, you you heard me, three to four minutes. No problem, I said to myself, this is an opportunity for you to grow patience, Ben. You've got this. However, uh, my patience wasn't growing. In fact, it started to wear thinner and thinner as the items in my hands started to grow heavier and heavier. And instead of patience growing inside of me, I could feel there was something else growing inside of me, bubbling and welling up there. I could feel it. What on earth was this lady doing? What is she doing? It is not this hard, I thought to myself. And just when I thought it couldn't get any worse, just when I thought this lady couldn't get any slower, coupons, (laughs) coupons coupons at the self-checkout line, I kid you not, okay? You already know what happens next, okay? The flashing light comes on, you know, the light that says, I messed something up, the I messed something up light begins to flash, and all of a sudden, we're waiting for a manager, and after what was probably six minutes by this point of waiting, it was finally my turn, and it was my turn to show everyone Around me, just how it was done. Okay? My turn to make up for all of the time that us poor people had been losing uh, with this lady, okay? It was my turn to show everyone that I knew exactly where the barcodes were located on every item because, need I remind you, I worked at this very high V. For four long years, ringing up groceries, okay, and uh, and so I I I tell you, I began to absolutely go for it, right? I began sc- scanning those items. If Guinness Book was watching, I would have set a record for the fastest scanned groceries in hive of all time. I promise you that, okay? I was going for it. Each item I scanned was a sort of like passive-aggressive jab at the lady in front of me. You know what I'm talking about? I bagged my groceries with precision and care, just the way I'd been trained at Hy-Vee. And in a few moments, I would be out of the store, on my way home, and enjoying my evening, okay? And finally, it came time for me to pay. I put touched pay on the screen, mentally mapping out my game plan, plan to, you know, pay as quickly as I possibly could, and this was the time, this was the moment where I was going to really shine. This was the time where I could really show off my speed and efficiency, sort of as like the final blow to coupon lady, you know what I'm talking about? And I reached in my pocket to find my debit card. Then I reached in my other pocket to find my debit card. Then I reached in my coat pocket to find my debit card, and then it hit me. I had left my wallet at home. (laughs) I had no way to pay for all of the groceries that I had just scanned. (laughs) Cue the flashing, I messed something up light, right? The manager was so sweet, she came over to me and she said, are you having trouble, sir, and gently guided me over to customer service where I struggled for about 20 minutes to set up payment on my phone. Finally, I paid for my groceries. They were so helpful. And after 20 minutes, I was on my way home with my tail between my legs, right? I got home and I began to eat my humble pie. True story. All of this actually happened, by the way. But my question for us today is, have you ever had a moment like that where you had an opportunity to show grace? You had an opportunity to show patience. You had an opportunity to show compassion to someone, but instead you chose judgment. Instead you chose hurriedness. Or maybe you even chose condemnation. Maybe it's when you're sitting already waiting in traffic and someone cuts in right in front of you. Maybe it's the screaming toddler behind you in the crammed airplane. Maybe it's when the coworker fumbles the project or the classmate doesn't do their part on the assignment. Have you ever had moments like me where your senses of of fairness, right, that sense of right and wrong, that need for justice just sort of flares up in all of the wrong ways, unhelpful ways. Maybe when you see that that panhandler on that exit and you happen to catch them using their smartphone behind their cardboard sign. Maybe it's that young single mom who made some serious mistakes in the past And now she's receiving aid from your hard earned tax paying dollars. Maybe it's that moment where someone comes up to you and asks you to serve at church again, even though there are so many people who aren't serving at all. Ouch. What is it in us that that makes us act like like this and think like this? What do we do if it doesn't seem to be getting any better with age? What do we do with the darkness and the proclivity, our, our proneness to judge others rather than to simply show compassion to them? What do we do? How do we grow beyond this? Finally, most importantly, how would Jesus speak into this? What would He do? And how would He like to help us even
2: today? Life has interruptions like this week. Got a spreadsheet, it guides the way. Here's where we're going this week, here's what we're going to do, but it became very clear early in the week. Jesus had other plans, and so today, I look forward to jumping into the message He wants to have this week as we learn what it is He has to say today, and I believe it will be impactful to you. God has you in the right place at the right time to hear this Word of God today. Amen? Amen. We open the book of Mark, chapter 6. Jesus is busy. His ministry is in full swing. Lots going on around Him. As we read through that chapter, we learn some things. The first thing, Jesus sends out his disciples to the villages around them throughout the region, giving them orders to teach and to heal and to cast out demons. While they're doing that, he heads back to his hometown, only to find himself rejected by his neighbors and his friends. They would not listen to him. He then goes to other towns and villages in the region, and every place he goes to, he runs into crowds, large crowds, not like dozens of people, hundreds of people, thousands of people. Wherever he went, Jesus is faced with the needs of the hurting and the lost right before him. And in the midst of all of that, he receives some bad news. His cousin, John the Baptist, is beheaded. And it's a great reminder, isn't it? That in our busy lives, and often our lives are busy, it has its ups and downs. It has its good moments. It has its bad moments. And today I want to talk about how to navigate those moments and keep what is most important front and center during those times. Because you see, eventually his disciples would catch up with him. And they'd come back, and we catch that now in verse 30 of Mark chapter 6. And what does it say? It says, "...the apostles gathered around Jesus, and they reported to him all they had done and taught. Then, because so many people were coming and going, they did not even have a chance to eat." So the apostles, they they get back to Jesus and they start to tell him, hey, we've got good news. Really cool things happen. We had a great time on this. But not too long after that, they realize these hundreds and thousands of people that keep meeting Jesus wherever he goes, they have needs. There's ministry to be done. There's work to do in the now. And they get so busy diving into the work and getting it done, they forget to eat. You ever been so busy you skipped a meal? Had to miss breakfast, had to miss lunch. That ever happened to you? They're living it at this time. Life is busy. And Jesus notices they're tired. He notices and realizes they've been going. And so he tells them in verse 31, Come with me by yourselves to a quiet place. Let's get some rest. You've been going hard. You've been doing all kinds of work. So let's, let's go and get some rest. But watch what happens next. As we catch verse 32, it says, So they went by themselves in a boat to a solitary place. But... Many people who saw them leaving recognized them and ran on foot from all the towns and got there ahead of them. Like, don't miss this. They get in a boat to cross over some kind of lake or some kind of body of water. But the need is so great that the other people, they literally run around it through the towns to meet them where they are. That's how great the need was. They were desperate for Jesus. You see, when Jesus and the apostles arrived to this quiet place, they were expecting solitude. They were expecting to get some rest. And there they run into a crowd and will find anything but. Once again, they will find themselves right in the midst of ministry, serving these people, helping these people, doing what needs to be done. Maybe that's happened to you. You've been going, and you've been going, and you've been going. You're tired, maybe even exhausted. We'd call it burning the candle at both ends, maybe. All you want is a day off. All you want is just to take some time to recharge your batteries. But in that moment, the phone rings. Your text starts blowing up. There's a knock at the door. Hey, you got a minute? I need some help. And can we be honest with each other? I mean, can I be real in this room, transparent as much as possible? I don't know about you, but in those moments when it happens, you're just trying to get some rest, you're just trying to get away and get a break, and then you get this call and all, your first response is not, well, praise the Lord. You know what I mean? It's not. You're exhausted and your first result's not going to be, "Wow, that's just exactly what I was looking for." In the moment, it's just what I needed. That phone call. No. Man, you're tired. They're hurting. But we get reminded of something that's so important in life. Emergencies, they don't make appointments. You ever notice that? Emergencies don't make appointment. Death, sickness, hurt, they come unannounced. But notice what Jesus' response was in this whole thing. It's so amazing. In verse 34, it says, When Jesus landed and he saw a large crowd, would you say this with me? He had compassion on them. He gets there, he's tired. He sees the crowd. What was Jesus' reaction? He had compassion on them. Why? Because they were like sheep without a shepherd. That's important. Remember that line. So he began teaching them many things. They were sheep without a shepherd. And let's face it, it didn't matter what their plans were. At that moment, it didn't even matter how tired they were or how long it's been since they ate last. Jesus had compassion. He saw them with eyes of grace. And for some of you out there, if you're being honest, you're tired too. You've been going hard for a long time the tyranny of the urgent is staring you down in the in the eyes the noise and chaos of life are real every single morning when you wake up you've been going and you've been going hard and you need rest but then a need arises in the midst of that what does a shepherd do In a moment like this well before we answer it let's take a step back and just ask the question we've asked it before what is a shepherd what are the responsibilities of a shepherd and there's a lot of new faces out there so it's good to reintroduce that because it's a key part of our understanding here at radiant chance of who we are and how we are a blessing to our community but also it's just good review for those of us who have heard it before what is a shepherd what does a shepherd do and there are four primary responsibilities of every single shepherd out there. Those priorities are this. It's to feed, to guide, to care, and to protect. Those are the four roles of every shepherd. We feed the hungry, whether that's a spiritual hunger or whether that's literal hunger. We guide them to green pastures. We care for the herding and the lost out there. And we protect the sheep from the wolves. And in this dark world, there are many wolves out there. And I wonder sometimes, if we're being completely transparent with each other, I wonder in our busyness and the noise and the chaos of life, if we don't sometimes forget these things. I wonder if sometimes we lose sight of what our role as a shepherd is supposed to be. The cry of Cain, if you're familiar with that story, as he faces God right after he killed his brother Abel, he cries out with a question, am I my brother's keeper? And as you read the Bible, we find out Yeah, you are your brother's keeper. We're called to love, to care for, and have compassion for our fellow brothers and sisters in this world. And now to contrast Jesus' reaction, which was to have compassion, let's look at what the disciples' reaction was. We see that in verse 35. It says, By this time it was late in the day, so his disciples came to him. This place is remote and it's getting late. Let's send the people away so that they can go to the surrounding countryside and villages and buy themselves something to eat. And you know what? You read this the first time and you're like, That makes total sense. That that sounds logical. You're right. We're kind of out in the middle of nowhere. There's no restaurants around here. It's getting dark. Let's send them off to the town. Let's let them get something to eat, and we can get back to this later. But again, if we're being real with each other, truly transparent with each other, I'm guessing if we looked down deep in their heart, it would sound a little different. Maybe a little more like, you know what? It's been a long day. I still haven't eaten. I still haven't gotten any rest. And good grief, people, do you know how busy I've been the last few weeks? It's been nice seeing you. You've overstayed your welcome. Have a good day. You know what I mean? We were being real. You get down the heart. Like, 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 we love to mask it. You know, what, what did Judas say when the, when the lady uh, poured oil on Jesus' feet? He's like, hey, couldn't we have used the money for that to go feed the poor? And that sounds good, doesn't it? You're like, well, yeah, that sounds right. But was his heart in the right place? No. Same here. Let's let him go get some food. But really what they're saying is, I think I've had enough. Good riddance. What does Jesus tell them in response to that in verse 37? You give them something to eat. I'm guessing that's not the answer they were after. Probably not the one they were looking for. Oh, you're tired? Yeah, you go feed them. Let's be real here, though. Jesus understood they were tired. He already said so. He knew they needed to get off to a solitary place. He knew they were hungry. Jesus knew what they were going through. This is the hard part of this passage. Man, I wrestled with this. Because what's missing here in this passage, what's missing in this passage is Jesus stepping back and going, you know what, you're right. You're tired. You're hungry. You've had a long day. I'll take care of feeding the people. You go get some rest. No. He looks at them, knowing how tired and hungry they are, and he says, you feed them. You feed them. Keep going. Keep helping. Keep feeding. And we're faced here with some realities. Some of those realities are this, compassion... Often interrupts our status quo, our routine. It just does. We've said this before. Why? Because emergencies don't make appointments, they just don't. And when you get down to the nitty gritty, what I'm saying is this loving others is sometimes downright inconvenient isn't it? It just is. In the midst of the hurryness and the rushing around in life, if I had to ask anything of you, in this holiday season, we're kind of entering into full steam now. And all the hustle and bustle and noise and distractions Please do not lose your eyes of compassion for those who are in need. Don't lose it. And don't allow the tyranny of the urgent urgent, and the busyness of life distract you from those who need your help. Make room for them. And so let's pull this story together and land the plane if we could. Before Jesus was born, the prophets predicted his birth, and one of those was a man named Isaiah, and he would tell us in Isaiah chapter 9 verse 2, he would say this, the people are walking in darkness, and they've seen a great light. On those living in the land of darkness, a light has dawned. He was talking about Jesus. He said that Jesus would come at a time of darkness, and indeed he did, and that's why Jesus was known as the light of the world. In describing the religious leaders of his day, Jesus would tell us in Matthew chapter 15, he said, they are blind guides, and he would go on to tell us, well, if the blind lead the blind, they're going to fall into a pit. What he was saying to them is they are sheep without a shepherd, and these leaders have failed to lead. As we approach the Christmas season, many of you know the Nativity story, and we're going to be spending some time in the next few weeks going through the story. At one part of the story, the angels lit up the sky announcing Jesus' birth to a group of shepherds in a field. You ever stopped to ask, why these shepherds? Why them? Why these men? And the answer I was given a lot growing up was, was something along the lines of this. Well, you know what? Shepherding was considered one of the lowliest jobs you could have. In fact, these, these people stunk so much like the sheep, people made them sleep outside of town. They were generally kind of looked down upon as a profession. And so these were humble men. And, and that's true. That is part of the story. But if we stop the story there, we're going to miss the bigger point of what was being made here and the symbolism going on. As we pick up the story, what does the Bible tell us in Luke chapter 2, verse 8? It says, There were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, doing what? Keeping watch over their flocks at night. This can be so simple you miss it, and yet it is so profound. What were the shepherds doing? Their job. They were doing their job. And what was their job? In the darkness, they kept watch over the sheep. That was their job. In darkness, they kept watch over the sheep, feeding, guiding, caring, and protecting. And the point is this we live in dark times. We need to be shepherds watching the sheep. In the darkness of this world, the noise and chaos of life, we need to be a light that guides them home. Why? Because that is the way of Christ. And that's what we're being called to live in. Listen. I know you're tired. A lot of you are. You may have come in today completely exhausted. You've been in the rat race so long you can't see the forest for the trees. And what I want to ask, though, is during this season, don't lose sight of those who are hurting, those who are in need, because the sheep need Shepherds. And you have been called out of this world to care and to love, to feed, to guide, to care, and to protect. Don't forget that this holiday season. There are those in need. Let's pray. Lord, help us to remember in the midst of the noise, in the hurriedness of life, remember to stop and see those who are hurting, those who need you. May we be a light in the darkness to let people know that there is hope and healing through Jesus Christ. May we never get too busy that we fail to step into the hurting. Break our hearts for what breaks yours. Give us the boldness we need to be leaders in dark times. And may our heart beat as your heart beats in these amazing times. In your name, Lord. Amen.